Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my point of view with me, Camila. I'm just, I'm looking, I was thinking like how awkward it was for me to say, hey guys, and now it's just like a natural thing for me to say. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to make this intro super long as I usually do, because this episode, you're in for a wild ride, my friends. This episode is, I think, one of my favorite episodes ever. I haven't listened back to it, I just finished recording, but I don't think I had this much fun recording an episode ever. Like, ever. No, I don't think so. Um, this episode is with the amazing Alana Dunn. Um, if you didn't know, I work with Alana. I work at seeing other people. I am, I am many things. I'm kind of the social media, kind of the producer. Yeah, I, I edit the audio. I don't know. I'm kind of... I work at seeing other people. That's how I say it. Um, I started as an intern and it became a whole 100, like from zero to 100 thing real quick but I'm very excited about it and I'm very happy about it um but yeah I'm, I'm, I've said it in many episodes and I've mentioned it and I mentioned Alana in many episodes so I think you all know her by now but if you don't yes we work together she's kind of my boss if you think about it um but I don't see her as like a boss we are equals at the end of the day i don't know we're friends so yeah but she's kind of like if you want to talk about like technical situation she's kind of my boss she's the owner ceo founder of seeing other people and i work for seeing other people so yeah this episode is with her and she has had i mean since i know her she was back okay so she has been on an episode with his her co-host at the time jonah feingold shout out jonah um which his movie is coming out i think it's already out by the time this episode is out i'm pretty sure yes because this episode is coming out like end of september so the movie's going is out they didn't know you're see her but they came together on the podcast and we chatted about a bit about her career and then we chatted a bit about his career and like the podcast and then dating but it was like kind of like more broad and here i wanted to invite her to talk more in detail about her career because i know she has had a very interesting path she started in the music industry she has worked for amazing people amazing names i mean you're gonna listen to it on the episode but she has photographed and met my queen taylor swift if you didn't know i die i live with and die for taylor swift she's my everything everything um, and we talked a lot about that, uh, her music industry and how then she ended up being working at Hinge and being the face of Hinge and how she ended up being let go from Hinge and started being a freelancer and doing seeing other people and how she started seeing other people with Jonah and then Jonah left to pursue his filming, his film career and now she's solo and how I got into the mix there <laughs> and all of that. And yeah, basically you're just this is you're just being a fly on the wall in a conversation between friends it was so comfortable to record with her it was so fun i didn't know many things about her um and her career like this and it's just i feel like the main the main thing or takeaway that you can take away well no the main thing that you can like take away from this episode i hope it is that you literally never know what's gonna happen literally like she was talking about her music career and her music industry 
jobs and all of that and i was just in the back of my mind thinking like look at her now like she's having a dating podcast a super successful dating podcast she's a freelancer she has been the face of hinge before like it's just insane how like life works in such weird ways and how like many different paths you can go in and a college degree is important but it's not the end all be all you can literally do whatever you freaking want in the world um yeah and also the power of having an online community i feel like that's another takeaway from this episode just i i talk a lot about that on the episode so i don't want to repeat myself but the power of the scene people community and not just that the power it's not just the scene people community it's the community that she built and created because she put herself out there alana of course i'm talking about alana and she put herself out there and that made other people see that it was a safe space to also do the same and how people still do that to this day. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I have so many things to say. I, I'm i just, I'm speechless, but at the same time, I, I have so many more things to say. Uh, but she's an amazing human. Besides being the hardest work, one of the most hardworking people I know, she is the most wonderful, amazing, nice, kind human in this world. So go follow her and go follow Sina people because that's also me. And now one uh, little shameless plug in between all of these kind words I have to say about Alan <laughs> is just go follow uh, go follow my point of view that podcast. I post so many content, so much content. That's it. So much content that please follow me. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review and leave a five star rating and review if you want to. And yeah, I'm just going to shut up because I ended up talking for like five minutes and I wanted to do this until shorter, but I'm just going to shut up and I'm going to leave you with this episode, which probably has, probably has the, the, the cake, no, which probably takes the cake for like my favorite episode ever. And I don't think that's going to change soon. Oh my God. Um, I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View. Today I have a very exciting guest. Hi, Alana. Hi. Who's um, I'm, I'm excited. I feel like I am on a very exciting episode right now. This is very weird. I don't know. I feel like since the last time you were on my podcast, so many things have happened that I don't know. Oh I my God, know. everything has changed. <laughs> everything. I know. It also feels weird. It feels weird talking to you in a like podcast Thing. Like I feel like so I'm strange. I'm gonna like keep forgetting that I have to speak as though I'm being recorded because we're so used to just talking casually. I know. And I'm so used to listening to you like editing audio, not you responding to me. So this editing <laughs> situation is gonna be so strange. I'm gonna be like, what yeah. am I doing? <laughs> oh my god. But for the people that may not know who you are, which no worries. Um <laughs> do you wanna give a little bit of an introduction so they know who you are? Yes. So I am Alana Dunn. I am 27 years old. I am the host of the Seeing Other People podcast. I was previously the host of the Dating Sucks podcast. I worked at Hinge running their socials and creating all their content for about two, a little over two years. Um, prior to that, I worked a variety of jobs in the music industry. Uh, I went to Syracuse University. I live in New York City. I just got a very cute dog named Barkley. You should follow him at Little Barkley Big World. And 
yeah, I, I, I podcast, I freelance, I do a bunch of different things and I could not do any of it without Cami. <laughs> oh my God. You're too nice. When you posted those, those stories on Sina people, my friends were like, Oh my God, she's talking Aww. about you. And I was like, I know she's very nice. <laughs> I told you she's very nice. <laughs> You know, I, I try to be nice. I, I pride myself on being a nice person. Um, yeah, no, but like, yeah. seriously, I, I tell everyone that I could not, like, I would not be able to do everything that I do without you. Like you, like everyone's like, oh, like what's her role? I'm like, she's literally my right hand. Like she does everything. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Um, but yeah, so if you guys don't know that, go check out seeing other people because she's the brain behind it at this they, point. They know, they know, but I feel like they don't know. And this is a, Jonah left the podcast, like, Three weeks after I I kind of started working for you guys, and it like was not so even strange. like maybe like a week and a half after. I know. I remember <laughs> you were like, "I'm gonna." We were talking about Jonah maybe taking a break for a week, and we were like, "Okay, we can plan some solo episodes," and that's it. And then all of a sudden, you sent me an an audio, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's me and her now from now yep. on." Um, and it was it was crazy. I feel like if I would have started like after it would have been completely different our relationship you know yeah or even like a, a month or two before like I don't even know I, know. I just I I, know. I, the pieces fit in together so perfectly even like I know I've told you this but like the second I saw your like email come in that you were interested in in the quote-unquote internship at the time <laughs> um I was like oh this is perfect like I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone else. I remember seeing that we are so off topic, but whatever. It's very interesting. What are we? What are we talking about? I don't know. I remember seeing the the post, and I was like, I don't write tweets. I I cannot do half of those things, but I don't care. I was like, I really enjoyed this podcast since like the beginning of the year. I'm just gonna send it. Like, what's the worst thing that happened? They say no, whatever. And yep. you said yes, and I was like, <laughs> what is going on? I remember texting my friend and being like, uh. I got the job. Yeah, because I also two weeks hired you like, on the I was spot, like, too. Yeah, and then two weeks later, I was like, yeah, also I'm like the editor now, and, and Jonah <laughs> left, and I am kind of like the second one on Cena people now. Oh my God, it was insane, but I'm glad that life brought us here, you know, at the end of the day. Me too. And and it's also just like a good a good lesson for anyone listening is like anytime you see a job opportunity that you're interested in, whether or not it's something you're qualified for, whether or not it's something that like you have, like, let's say there are 10 things listed in the requirements. Like, let's say you have like seven of them. Don't count yourself out because of the three, like you never know what could happen. And also a, if there are certain things that are on the, the job posting that you don't know yet, they might be things that are like really easily teachable and that somebody would yeah. be willing to invest the time in teaching you. But also like half the time when, when you're interviewing for a position, it's really about like whether you connect with the person and if you're passionate and if you can kind of demonstrate that you're willing to learn the things that you don't know. So like always go for it. I mean, I know we're, we're going to talk about some career stuff, but like with my job at Hinge, the the role was – the face of Hinge. That was the job description. I had been Insane. on camera maybe twice in my life before. Insane. And and I Insane. got there and like I just convinced them. I was like, yeah, I can do this. Like I know what I'm doing. And I had to like make videos as part of the application process. And I was like, mm. it was really like fake it till you make it. And then I got the job and then I was like, okay, I'm yeah. going to figure out how to do this now, I guess. But like then I did. 
Yeah, I know. But I feel like I I recorded like 70 something episodes and part of being on your 20s and being an adult is like faking it until you make it. Like I send yeah. so many resumes and like emails and for, I mean, being a freelancer for me has been faking it until I'm making it and I'm still kind of faking it. Like, of course. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think we're always have, faking it. Yeah, I have no. Sh- the thing is, I am su- a super shy person, which why do I have a podcast? I don't know. Um, but in real life, I'm very shy, and it's insane how no shame I have to send emails and resumes. I literally do not care. Not I send DMs asking for jobs. I'm like, hey, yep. do you need help? I don't care. Yep. <laughs> you have absolutely nothing to lose because it's also like almost every time, like you're never just gonna get a job. Like you, you might have to apply to fifty jobs before you get one, and it's that's normal. It sucks, that's, but it's normal. That's life. I mean, I know yeah. everyone has to apply to like. Everyone that I know my age has applied to like 100,000 jobs. Yep. But yeah, going back to the episode now and to my notes. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like this episode is going to be like this and I want it to be more of a conversation because I am more comfortable with you and we know each other, so it's going to be different. And since my friends don't speak English, well, they do, but they don't want to be in the podcast, you're the closest to having a friend on the podcast, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's do it. I don't know what um, I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, no worries. Um, but I do this section with every guest, as usual. I started it back in the pandemic, and I have the hardest time explaining it now. But how are you really doing this week, Alana? This week, I'm like on a kind of a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I go on tangents, please stop me. But I just got back from like the the weekend of a lifetime. I went oh. to Denver, Colorado for a Jonas Brothers concert at Red Rocks, which is a bucket list place to see a concert. And um, I'm a huge Jonas Brothers fan and I have like a whole group of Jonas Brothers friends. And so the fact that not only did we get to go experience this like bucket list thing together, but the fact that it was like a Jonas Brothers concert that I got to see there, like in my head, I was like, oh, at some point I'll like take a trip to Denver and see a random concert there, you know, just like check it off the list. But it was one of the most incredible, like just... I, I can't and even, also, have even you worms. gone to a concert like since the pandemic no it was also my first concert post pandemic so much and I was like oh my god I want to go to a concert so bad without a doubt the longest time I've ever gone not going mm-hmm. to a concert like and, and I know we're going to get into it but I know I mentioned that I worked in the music industry before and like my whole life was about music and concerts and so it was just it was incredible um but I got a little bit of a cold while I was there from just like not mm. sleeping and being like all go, go, go. And then I had a three o'clock alarm wake me up to get to the airport <laughs> to take two flights back yesterday. So I'm exhausted. And two I have a little back. Po- That's so much. Were you that far away? Denver that far away from New York? No, it's not. There are a lot of direct flights. We took a direct flight there, but just getting back, it, it was we saved like 400 bucks by taking mm. uh, by doing yeah. the layover. Um, and since like it was, it was an expensive weekend, but, um, so I'm exhausted (laughs) to say the least. And I have post-concert depression, which is always rough. Um, yes, but trying to get back into work now, got, got the new puppy, little Barkley and it's good to see him. And that's, I don't know, there's it's ups and downs, I think right now, but in terms of like COVID and, and all that, I think right now I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like. We're in a nice spot, the world yeah. right now. I feel like in Argentina, we have lower cases. We're fully vaccinated. Like, the world is good. Yes. Today, <laughs> I found out that there was a, a a study done that Moderna 
has double the antibodies of Pfizer. Really? Yeah. So, so I'm thrilled because <gasps> I went through hell and was bedridden for a week after both of my doses. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's go. <laughs> oh my God. No, I got the Sinopharm one, but my little sister is waiting for the Moderna because that's the only one that can get like people under 18 and they're bringing got them it. here. And we are just like so excited. She's the Amazing. last one that needs to get vaccinated. Uh, well, whatever. See. Always talking rents. Going on, I wanted to talk about again your career. So take me back to like college and why did you decide to to like study music, and yeah. like what did you envision yourself like working as? Of did that make any sense? I yes. think it did. So my whole kind of like career path, college journey was definitely really interesting. I I had no idea where I wanted to go to college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. For some reason, like the concept of like the, the field of communications was interesting to me. I, I'm not really sure why it was at the time, but um, one of my biggest passions was photography. And like, I loved mm. photography. I, I took courses. I always, you would never see me without a camera every weekend. I would have friends come over to just like do fake photo shoots. Like always. I, yeah. I had a friend always. that was like that. Always. Yep. <laughs> and so and I, I did really well. Like I got the highest score on the, the AP photo exam that you could get. And I got an A plus in AP photo. And like I went to a, a summer program at UPenn for photography and I did really well at that and stuff. So I knew like this was something I could do. But um, I don't know. I didn't really want to be like an art program because any art programs you had to take like drawing classes as well. And I was like, I, I can't draw a stick figure. So I don't want to do I that. I <laughs> Um, but I, so I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was kind of like, I, I wasn't excited about college. Um, I had a boyfriend and at the time who like, when I was going to college, we were going to break up. So I was like, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't excited. I didn't want to go. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I ended up going to Syracuse and I ended up getting into their communication school, which is why I ended up deciding to go there because it has, they have the top like communication school in the country. And mm -hmm. I knew I, I entered as a photojournalism major. Because as wow. photojournalism, you didn't have to do the like art classes. Yeah. Um, so I did that and um, I had no I was like, I'll probably do like a psych minor or something that like everyone does. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But um, after my first semester I of my classes, I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm at this like incredible school with like all of these like incredible professors and classes and stuff. And like, I just don't feel like I need a degree to take pictures. And so I explored whether other majors there were in the school and one stuck out to me, which was television, radio, film. And so I applied to transfer. I was accepted and I started taking my first class. And it was like, literally like the first assignment was like, make this music video. And I was like, shut up. Oh, oh my fuck God. Yeah. Like I got put in like a group and we had to make a music video. And I was oh, like, yes. So and then it came time to pick a minor. And I, again, thought I was going to do like psych or something. And I was like looking over the list one last time. And for some reason, like it, it never crossed my mind to pursue a career in the music business, even though like since for as long as I can remember music, like I said, music and concerts was like everything I ever did. My mm -hmm. life was truly like one concert and then like everything I had to do in the middle of like my mundane life to get to the next concert. Like, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> But I realized like the number one music business school in the country was also at Syracuse, um, the Bandier program. Ooh. And I realized like, oh, I was literally looking at a sheet of paper that had a list of all the potential minors. And there was a minor in the, in the music industry program. And I was like, wait, 
why the hell am I not in that right now? Um, So I applied and I got accepted and I decided like, holy shit, I don't know how this didn't occur to me sooner, but I'm just, I can use my two passions for like my camera and music and combine them. So it's everything basically clicked where I was like, I want to use, like, I want to do photo and video and create content for musicians and help artists and fans connect because I felt so connected to the Jonas Brothers in middle school and high school because of different like videos they would do and stuff on social media and, and all that. And I was like, I want to give, I want to help make this happen for other people and other bands and, and artists and stuff. So that's really how I got started. And then I, once I like realized that that was like what I wanted to do, it was like, Oh my, it was, it was as if I f- had figured out what I was meant to do mm. in my life. And so I was like, I didn't want to waste any time. And mm. I applied for every single possible internship I ever <laughs> could have applied for. And I got really lucky. I got an incredible opportunity. My first internship ever was at Z100 at iHeartRadio in New York City. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. Wait, I, I, I did my research before doing this episode. So I Googled you, of course, as I do <laughs> with every guest. And you... Okay, so backstory, I love Taylor Swift as you love the Jonas Brothers. Like, I die for her. I hate the fact that she has never came here to Argentina. And the day that I see Taylor Swift live is the day that I can die happily ever after. <laughs> um, and so I was looking through your photos, and you took a photo of my queen, Taylor Swift. It's one of my favorite photos of Taylor Swift, because I remember seeing that photo on, like, Tumblr and all that. And I was like, the connection, the inception of this situation is too insane. Oh yep. my god! Yeah, so I I photographed Taylor. I also filmed her backstage, um, d- doing an interview for Jingle Ball. Um, I saw that one too. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So it was crazy because I I had no idea what to expect going into this internship. I thought I was going to be getting coffee for people. Like I I thought that's what I would be doing truly. And I get there on my first day and I meet my boss Jamie, and he goes, okay, so at 8.50, you have Wiz Khalifa at Power 105.1. So I was inter- I was, I was interning for five different radio stations under the iHeartRadio umbrella, like mm-hmm. all of New York's biggest radio stations. Whoa. He goes, at, at like 8.50, you have Wiz Khalifa. And then at 10.30, you have Jesse McCartney. That one you're going to photograph. And then Demi is coming in at 2. You have to film that one. And then can you edit everything and get them ready to be on the website by the end of the day? And I was like, okay. (laughs) And it was like the craziest thing in the entire world. And then like Uh the next day, this kid that nobody had ever heard of, except for his one song, Life of the Party, Shawn Mendes comes in and for his first radio interview ever. And I'm like helping him through it. And like, and it was just, it was incredible. It was the coolest experience ever. And it was really unique because my boss literally just, just gave me, like he put trust in me to do it. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I would go over to his desk sometimes to be like, okay, like I'm done. And he'd be sitting at his desk watching TV. (laughs) But like, I didn't care. I mean, it happens, but you get to meet all these cool people and have all these cool experiences. Who cares? Exactly. (laughs) I was like, I do not give a shit because he's letting me literally do his job. And he's like the fucking director of like digital at this company. Like, and I'm, he's letting me do this shit. So it was, it was amazing. And and I was like, I found my calling. Like, this is what I want to do. And I want to do this for radio stations. I want to do this for record labels. I want to do this on management teams. And that's basically what I did for the next like six years. And I, I ended up, I interned there. I interned at Billboard, at Capitol Records, at MTV News, at 
um, mm. iHeartRadio in LA for Kiss FM. Um, and I had the most incredible experiences ever. Like I, I think I peaked as an intern, <laughs> but, but at yeah. the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, I also had really like some of those internships were pretty terrible. Like really? because I started out where like I was given so much responsibility and then I went to like other companies where it wasn't like that. Like there were some days where like I, there were some internships that I truly hated. And these mm-hmm. companies are incredible companies, like companies I dreamed to have my foot in the door in and I'd be actually getting people coffee. And so it was really tough wow. to like have such an amazing first experience. And then like I interned at Billboard after graduate, after college graduation, I wasn't allowed to film a single interview. No, they like, and, and, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm doing like, you're literally making me a waste of space here, you know? And so it it was tough because you don't always get the the trust put in you that you should. Yeah. No, I'm, wow. I am shocked about everything (laughs) that you just said. It's insane. And it's also insane. I tend to compare like what you're saying to your, you now, and it's insane how you ended up here, but that's, what we're going to talk about next, but I want to ask you, were these internships like paid, unpaid? Did they pay very little? Did you do them while you were in college, outside of college? Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Bad. So most of them were unpaid. Um, because I feel like the music I, industry for salaries is really like bad. Oh, <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Um, yeah. The music industry. Pff, most of my internships were unpaid. I think only one was paid. Um, and it was probably like 10 or 12 bucks an hour. They were all unpaid. I, I, I recognize that I am very fortunate to have been able to work for free and that my parents paid for college and I didn't have to worry about student loans or anything like that. So I, which is like a blessing for me, but it's so terrible that like, that's what this industry is like because people who aren't that fortunate, which is the majority of the world, end up not being able to work in that industry because mm-hmm. it it's basically like they want to breed people who can afford to not get paid for a very long time. Um, and also you worked a lot for people not to pay you. Like besides the oh, fact yeah. that it was very privileged and like also like a few amount of people could apply to something like that, you did a lot of work. Like it's insane did, that people didn't pay you, you know? I did so much work. Um, Yeah, so most of the internships were over the summers, but... Um, I did a, instead of going, a lot of people do a semester abroad, um, and go to like Europe or Australia, places like that. I, I ended up going to, I ended up going mm-hmm. to LA and that, that semester in LA, it was my junior year. I took a full schedule of classes, um, during weeknights from six to 9 PM. And I had, uh, my kiss FM internship from Thursday, like through Sunday, because there Whoa. were like often like weekend things. Like I worked like the Grammys and things like that. Um, and then I also, and then I had my MTV internship from Monday to Wednesday. So Mm -hmm. I, I had seven days a week of work pretty much. And like today though, like you, now you still do that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, but, and I had a full thing of classes at night. So like, yes, I had these amazing experiences. I did like a Grammys pre-party. I did the MTV awards. I, I worked Coachella, I had the coolest experience. It was when I met Nick Jonas for the first time oh. was when I was out there and, and it was through the internship. But um, I was miserable, you know, uh-huh. because I didn't have any time to to enjoy myself. I didn't have any time to enjoy the fact that I like was living in L.A. with some of my best friends. And I I had an hour and a half commute to one of my internships. And 
most of my friends were gallivanting across Europe, having the time of their lives at the time. So it was this really funny contrast of like, I'd be driving to work at stuck in traffic and I'd be on the phone with my friends while they were like pre-gaming, getting ready to go mm-hmm. out to like bars or clubs of whatever country they were in that weekend. Mm-hmm. And then on my drive back from work to class, I'd be on the phone with them and they'd be like, wasted blackout drunk like getting food or like coming back from the bars and like taking their makeup off getting ready to go to class on no sleep and the whole time I'm just like crying mm-hmm. um so it was really tough um but then yeah when I was at school I always I did things like I photographed concerts for whatever a school magazine or publication I could do I um would come back to New York City because it was a like a four-hour drive I'd come back for different events like Z100's Jingle Ball so that I could I could I volunteered to work again. Like I didn't Jingle get Ball paid. is I, always in New York. It's always around my birthday. So I always watch oh, it. Oh my God. Mid-December. <laughs> yeah. My birthday is uh, December the 14th. So there you go. Yep. Yep. I've been to many a Jingle Ball on December 14th. Um, I know. Yeah. So I would, I would drive back for that. I would drive, I would reach out to other bands, ask, I'd ask to photograph them or, or film them to make a little like video for a tour promo if they wanted for free. Like I just wanted to get access into these things. And so it was a lot of really hard work and making absolutely no money and working my fucking ass off, but it was really worth it because I learned so much and I made so many different connections and had the most incredible experiences. And all of this happened, like everything that I'm talking about was before I graduated college. Insane, insane, insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked about everything. Um, again, because it's insane how you ended up here, though. Um, so now I want to ask you, like, what happened with the music industry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you had all these I, experiences, internships. Like, did you got a job after college in the music industry? Or was it before, like, with an internship that you were like, no, fuck this? <laughs> so so before we get to that, I, I want to just quickly say, like, one of the things I, I respect so much about you is, like, I see so much of of that like hard work and passion and drive and and like thirst to like learn and do everything. And like, that's part of the reason, mm-hmm. like I wanted to work with you. And I was so excited when I saw that you applied and like, you are literally the hardest working person that I know. Oh, thank you. Also you. Remind- I can't take compliments, but thank you so much. I know. I know. Me too. You know, I can't either. It means like, you- the world to me because yeah. You remind me a lot of me when I was your age and in your position. And it's just like wanting to learn and, and, and do everything that you possibly can. Um, which is why sometimes I'm like, go to bed, like stop. <laughs> but um, yeah, so oddly enough, um, another thing about the music industry is that it's it's a really tough place to get a job in. So you guys just heard what my resume was before I was I 21 years old. I graduated college and I couldn't get a job. That's, that's insane. That's mind-blowing to me, you know? Yep. Jeez. I, I had the best resume out of anyone that I knew I had the best references I had every single big name in the music business on my resume and I could not get a job and it really sucked and it was really hard especially like I lived in my sorority house my senior year so I lived in a house with 34 other people and throughout the whole year everyone was applying to jobs everyone was getting accepted for jobs and another thing with the music industry is you can't apply for a job in advance they only hire in the moment. It's like, Oh, someone leaves. We're adding a new person to the team. Okay. Let's put this job on the job board and then we're going to hire you and you're going to start on Monday. So that's how it works. One one thing before we move on, does the music industry work like through like LinkedIn or those pages, or is it more like through contacts that you get the job? They put jobs on places, but 
99% of the time, you will not get a job in the music industry if you do not have a contact somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, I was really interested in that because I feel like a lot of industries work like that. Everyone is like, oh my God, open, apply. But if you don't have a reference, like F you, you know? There will be there will be 5,000 applications overnight for a, an entry-level job at a record label. Hmm. That's and if you don't have yeah. somebody who can recommend you or, or someone who's like at the top of the company pushing for you, there's no chance. doesn't yeah. matter what your resume looks like. Um, which, which again is part of the reason that I worked so hard in college. Cause I knew like my parents didn't have any connections to the music industry. And it, that kind of happened. Like I saw that a lot when I was growing up, like in, in middle school and high school, when I wanted to go to all these concerts and everyone else was meeting the Jonas Brothers and Justin Bieber and and getting free concert tickets that were amazing. And like my parents didn't have connections like that. And so mm-hmm. I decided like, I want to be the connection, you know, yeah, like I want to be that, that person who can get those tickets for people who can get people's foot in the door, who can be a reference for somebody for an amazing mm-hmm. job. Um, but yeah, I, I could not get a job and I ended up <laughs> interning and that was when I interned at Billboard, which was out of college um, that summer. And it was really upsetting. Like I said, like I, the, the jobs, like the people, the team I was interning for, like I could do everyone on that team's entire job, but they were treating me like it was my first internship ever. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Like all I was good for was ordering food for the team. And so I was like, I was so upset. I didn't want to go. Um, and what I ended up doing every day since I had so much free time because they weren't giving me anything to do. I ended up, um, I reached out to this girl I knew from growing up who's one of the most talented singers ever. And I was like, I know you want to like make music your career. Can I manage you? Cause I don't know what I'm doing. I I'm, I'm probably won't make you any money, but I want to help. Like I can book you shows. I can help you with like planning out your album release. I can help get like make promo stuff for you, make content, um, and help like start you off because I, yeah. I think that's the place you're in. And she was like 100%. So then I learned how to book shows Then I learned how to get press Then I learned how to like, I did a photo shoot with her for her album release and, and all this stuff. And it was like, I just focused on that and applied to jobs while I was at this internship. Cause I, they weren't trusting me with anything. And so that sucked, but, um, I ended up getting a job finally, I think in, in August. So I graduated in May. So May, June, July, August. 2016. Um, that was my senior year of high school, 2016. Wow. Um, yeah, so I ended up getting a job at Sony Music. Um, and oh, my God, the names of the companies that you worked for. I yes. am just like, you're throwing in there. And I'm like, Sony Music. And the role was creative services coordinator, which was like the perfect role for me. It truly was. And what I was doing was anyone who like – any, we had like a, so many different artists of all different genres on our label there. Mm-hmm. And anytime anyone had an album coming out or was going on tour or had something, a music video or something to promote, I was making all of the promotional assets for that. So I was making all of the Instagram content. I was making tour posters. I was making teaser videos for, for the, mm-hmm. the tour based on all of the other footage that was taken from another tour. Um, I know I brought up Max to you who sang the song um why am I blanking what's the name yeah I don't know oh my god I forgot um <laughs> oh lights down low lights yeah. down low still New York yeah he's incredible I um I did a whole thing with him like running around New York City talking about how he grew up in New York and and so he had the song still New York coming out so we talked like I had him take like we went to his childhood home and his high mm. school and the place where he was in his first musical and, and all that and so 
I loved just like really storytelling through my camera and through editing that I could do. And so that's what I did. And and I, I did love it for the first little while. But what kind of got me really frustrated was I, I it got to a point where like I had all these ideas that I knew in my heart like would work and I knew were really great, creative, impactful ideas. And it became very clear that like my ideas didn't matter. And mm. my ideas were never going to see the light of day because mm. I was at the bottom of the totem pole. And because there was like a glass ceiling, do you think, for you? It's here it it's not that because I could Or you have had to be like forty to get your sorry. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I could have yeah. worked my way up. I could have shattered whatever glass ceiling is there for, for females in the music industry, whatever it may be. I had yeah, no Yeah, but I'm not saying it just for females. Like I I always feel like sometimes jobs just have like a okay, this is it. I mean, yes, that <laughs> yeah. role, but I, I that role, yes. Like mm -hmm. I, that role was never gonna like change. I was never going to get more responsibility, you know? Yeah. Um, but I could get a different role and, and, and keep working my way up and, and all that. But I don't know. It was, there was a few things. It was like, I would hear my, my coworkers who were almost 30 talking about how they're still, oh, so my starting salary was $34,000. Was a year? Shut up. Yeah. No. And so after Did you live in New like, York? I lived in New York city. How so did after you tax, afford any rent? I, I canned tuna and canned tomato soup for every meal. Jesus. <laughs> And then That's after after no. that, I got a raise after my first year to $35,000. Oh, wow. And then, Thank you so much. And <laughs> I, after, after I was there for two years, a little over two years, I ended at $39,000. Um, no, no. Yes. No. So, that is so there no, was no, that. Okay. So I, I was, and I'm 21, 22 at the time. And I'm hearing my 28, 29, 30-year-old coworkers talking about how they're still living paycheck to paycheck. So that was one thing. And I was like, I, I can't have that. I, that's not the life I want for myself. Um, and I knew that in order for me to really have the creative freedom that I wanted and to, like, I, I got into the music industry because I wanted to help people like music helped me. Like I said, I wanted to help people like fall in love with their favorite artists, like the same way that I did with the Jonas Brothers. And that's what I really wanted to do. And so I realized that that wasn't going to happen. And the only way that could happen is if I ended up switching to the management side of the industry. and. I interviewed for jobs. I like I could I could name drop some of the biggest people in music, artists, producers, managers. I I interviewed. I was offered these jobs, but they were in LA and wow. my whole world is here. My family is here, my friends are here and I I couldn't I didn't want to move. Wow. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, because I know that you went to LA for a little while, but living i i went to la i did new york and la once on a trip and i don't like la at all <laughs> yeah it's, at all. it's just not but also you were leaving like, everything everything it's different everyone it's just, like, everything if you like I the city yeah. yeah yeah but but like actual dream job offers mm -hmm. and it it broke my heart to turn them down it, it really did but so i realized like unless i switch to management and like i'm one of the <laughs> 0.01% of people that succeed, I'm going to be living paycheck to paycheck. I'm never going to get to like have my ideas be seen through. Like it's not mm -hmm. going to be what I want it to be. And I was really not okay. Like I stopped listening to music. I hated it. 
anytime a, a, a song would come out, like even if the Jonas Brothers came out with a new song, like I wouldn't want to listen because I would just think about all the behind the scenes and all of the people that were sitting at their desks day to day, not getting paid, feeling miserable, feeling creatively stunted, held back. Mm. All of those people who put blood, sweat and tears into making it happen. And it just like depressed me. Mm. Um, That's and, crazy though. Yeah. And at the same time, like, like I said, like, I'm, I mean, I was always doing other things on the side. I, I started managing a band and, um, this is this a whole is the other very thing. famous boy. This is the, the boy. The yeah. So I'm was managing a band. There were two boys in it. I was like secretly dating half of the band. Oh, okay, God. One of the guys. Guy, I don't even know what his name is or who he is, you know, but he's, he's an asshole. Oh my yes, God. He is. Um, and he basically like, I mean, he like broke my heart, but he literally like broke me as a human. Um, and you need so to listen if you are listening to this. You need to listen to the unfiltered episode. What was the name? We feeling broken after a breakup. You tell the story there. Yeah, so I, it's too long of a story to get into, but put it this way: between that relationship and between how I was feeling at work in general, I I just I decided like I need to leave the music industry. I need to go so far away from it because it is not healthy for me. I'm not okay. Like, I mean, I started going to like, a like a therapist and a psychiatrist and like, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And like, I was miserable. I like, I was not fun to be around. Like, I'm so grateful. My friends like stuck around for mm -hmm. like, see me get through it. Cause I was in, I was in the darkest place in my life. Um, and there were days where I had to like run out of work crying and like, my, I mean, everyone knew I wasn't okay. Like I was crying at my desk all the time. Um, but like props and, to you to realizing like, Hey, I have to leave everything I know. I don't think that's yeah. an easy decision to make, you know, it was, it wasn't. And it was scary. And I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew I needed to leave. And I just started applying. I was applying to jobs in every single industry. Like every type of job that was entry level. I didn't care. I knew I was probably gonna have to go back and start over in, in like a just out of college job. Um, I knew that I, I knew that I didn't know what to do. And I mean, there were some of the things I was applying for were like ridiculous. Like there was <laughs> one like two year rotational program at this pasta company where I was gonna have to spend like nine months in finance and I had I haven't taken math since high school and no. I was like like I was talking to um this guy at the time and I like asked him for help with it but he couldn't do it but his friend worked in finance so like I went to this kid's apartment and like sat with his friend while his friend did my application assignment no. and it was about like skew numbers and like all this shit and I'm like I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I don't care. I, I will figure it out when I, if I get this job, I'll figure it out when I get there. Um, so yeah, I was really lost. And um, can I ask you a question? I mean, yes. I think you can answer, but like, how did you, did you keep your mental health in check at all of these no, points? Like, I was, I was terrible. I was like in looking the worst. for jobs. I know looking for jobs and doing like literally anything. I feel like it's so detrimental to your mental health like I feel like you wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get up I mean I had one month two months of uncertainty with my career when I changed from pre-med to international relations um and I didn't want to get up like I was like I don't want to wake up I hate this I don't know what I'm gonna do but also I'm like a future person lover so yeah maybe that's it it was it was tough and it, it, it was for a long time like I think I was I was still working at my job for like six months while applying to other jobs. And, and all I mm -hmm. wanted to do was quit. And again, like no, no shade to Sony. Like Sony's a great company. And I know so many people who have done incredible things there. And it wasn't like the company, like I could have been at any record label and I would have felt the same. Mm -hmm. um, but 
all I wanted to do was quit. I like talked to my parents, like I wanted to freelance and they were like, you, you can't yet. Like, you're not a, you're not a human yet. Like you can't freelance. You're not going to know what you're doing. And like, I was really upset. They wouldn't let me do that. Cause I just wanted to get out. And so that's kind of the only thing that kept me going when I, when I was applying to all these jobs. Looking like, back was, were, were, were your parents right? Oh, 100 thousand percent I mean um, it's now it's so what I was like 23 when I was leaving this job I'm now 27 and and freelancing is like it's it's not easy and it no (laughs) you have to have some sort of like stable like safety net under you without a doubt Mm -hmm. um and there are a lot of things that you have to learn before you can go off and do it and um yeah so I ended up getting I got really lucky um with with finding this job at Hinge. I, my cousin, John, he worked for Fuck Jerry at the time. And Fuck Jerry had partnered with Hinge for memes and different social content stuff. And John the whole time was saying like, oh, like I wish Hinge was hiring. Like you would get along so well with the people on the marketing team. It'd be such a perfect place for you. But they weren't hiring. And then one day he saw that this girl, Molly, who worked there, posted that they were hiring for a role that was titled video and content producer. And he sent it to me and I was like, holy shit, I need this job. And it wasn't that I was qualified for everything. It wasn't that it was the exact job that I was looking for. It was that the company seemed so exciting. It was something that I knew about and was invested in. And like I used Hinge. It was my favorite dating app at the time. And it was like, I was the friend that all of my friends would come and talk to me about dating, not because I had the best advice to give, but because I enjoyed talking about it. And so that plus the fact that like the whole job description was like the skill, most of the skills I currently had just used for dating and helping people find love instead of helping people fall in love with music. And so I was like, this is it. Like, this is the job. I need to get this job. And luckily, I mean, yes, it all goes back to connections. Like I said before, (laughs) nine out of 10 times. Um, my cousin John reached out to Molly and was like, I have someone for the job. And she was like, no, you don't. And he was like, mm-hmm. yeah, my cousin. And she was just like, haha, okay. Like have her send me her resume or like have her apply. And like, as she's told me like looking back, she totally was like, there's no way his cousin's going to be like right for this job. Like not a chance. <laughs> um, and I applied. Little did they know. Little, little did they, they know. know. So I applied, I interviewed. Um, there was a lot of like, work that I had to do in the application process. I had to first in the first one, I had to submit a video, like introducing myself and like why I was right for the job and stuff. And so like, I had to suddenly, every time like, a job says something like that, you have to send a video. I'm like, no, next one. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. And I like, I had to act like I was this on camera presence and I really hadn't done that before. Um, and then but there was another homework assignment where I had to do like a, a two minute long video about anything I wanted to talk about in dating. I had to come up with sample content, like sample memes and tweets. And the, this is basically what I asked you for. I asked you for, uh, when you yeah. applied for, to work with me, I asked you for like sample tweets slash memes. I asked you for accounts that you think are doing it right. And like ideas of like what new things that we could be doing. And that I sent like 10 pages to hinge of that yeah. stuff. Um, <laughs> and I found out like a year later, they didn't interview anyone else. Really? They were like, this girl is right for the job. And I mean, I went in, like I had, I I had an interview day that was like six hours long there. I interviewed with like literally 20 people at the company, Um, but they were like, we're hiring her. And I got there and, and it was really tough in the beginning. Um, I'm not Mm going to lie because 
I think for a while, I mean, I was still not in a good place mentally. I actually like, didn't even have an apartment at the time. I was kind of like, I was basically homeless. I was like sleeping on whatever friends' couches would allow me to stay oh over God. at the time. Um, and look and at you now. Oh my God. I'm so proud. Look at me I'm like now. a proud mom. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I, I loved it, but it was really tough at the beginning because for my previous job, I kind of, when I, because my ideas kept getting crushed and, and I was like, my ideas are going to go nowhere. I basically stopped like coming up with ideas. I stopped using my brain creatively. I kind of became just like a robot. Like I would get an assignment. I would do it. I would get the next assignment. I would do it. And it took me like probably six months of my, my first six months at Hinge to retrain my brain, how to think creatively mm-hmm. and how to come up with ideas and believe that my ideas mattered. Um, which wow. was really bizarre at the time because they were kind of like, okay, you're here, go do. And they put all this trust in me and they were like, any idea you have, go try it out. See if it works. If it does great. If not, we'll try out the next one. Um, and so it was a really like 180. Um, but I, I very quickly caught on to the video stuff. I caught on to all the things I didn't know how to do. I, I learned a lot. Were and you the only content person there or did you have a team around you? It was, it was mainly me. Um, there was Whoa. someone else to help like make memes. Sometimes there were like Christina and Molly on the team, like would help with memes and, and like bigger partnerships. But in terms of like day-to-day social content, like I ran the social accounts I made, mm. I was the only face of the brand. Like it was, I, it was my face. Your, it was my, your IG ideas, my was Alana from Hinge. I was like, yeah, Who's Alana from Hinge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And every day, every week I was making videos, um, to help people with whatever was going on in their dating life. And that's, that's how that happened. Yeah. No. Wow. That's insane. Um, but I wanted to know, like, do you recall like the first video you posted with your face, like the process oh of doing that and how crazy was it? I know you have a, a, a very nice story about like the time you talked about your breakup and how yeah. everybody connected. And I wanted to talk about community on that side because I feel like we always talk about social media and all of that on all my episodes. And everyone says that the community aspect is missing. But I do believe working in CNR people, I have never seen a community like that of people. It's insane especially with the unfiltered episodes now that i also want to touch on so let me know if you need to leave uh, right away not at all <laughs> um because it's gonna I'm be a long yours. episode but i don't care but <laughs> truly i feel like the dating world community it's just so powerful um but yeah do you recall kind of like your first video and if you don't you can talk about that breakup story video because i love it i remember on my first day molly like gave me the login and she was like okay it's your account now and and she was like you should make a video introducing yourself to everyone. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, just like say hi, like who you are, that you're going to be running the account from now on. And I was so terrified. Like, I think like there were like 70,000 followers at the time, which isn't that much in hindsight at all. Um, but it's a lot of people. But it's a lot of people. And I was basically saying like, hi, I'm Alana and I'm going to be running this account <laughs> and talking to you guys about dating. Um, <sighs> but I was so nervous and then, and I did it. And, and again, this is still so new to me. Um, and yeah, I basically came up with different, a different like series for each day, a different story segment. I came up with, I did a series called why though, which was like, why do these things and like happen in dating? Why do people ghost? Why do people like wait an hour before responding? Why are we afraid of commitment? Things like that. I did, um, Ooh, one thing, BF- I know you went out of like on the street to talk to people. Was that like yes. weird? Was that like, <laughs> it was 
So I, the actual conversations I had a great time with. Yeah. So I had the series called Dumper Deal where it's similar to like Red Flag Deal Breaker, but I would come up and it's see them, see the other people. Yeah. Um, I would come up with like, all right, this person, like this person picks their nose and eats their boogers, like dumper deal. Would you Ew. dump them or would you date them? And, yeah. and they range from like weird things to like really serious things. Like they have different political views or they don't tip, like they tip 5%, like things like that, that could actually be a deal breaker for people. Um, and so, yeah, I would go up to people on the streets of New York city and, and interview them. And, I will say the hardest part of my job, my least favorite part of the job was the process of actually going up to people. And these videos would end up being like a minute and a half at the end of it. And I probably had, I probably for every person that said yes, they would be willing to be interviewed. I probably got 25 no's and it was so hard and it was like, it was just like soul crushing and I hated doing it. That was my least favorite part of the job. (laughs) Um, and also, did you edit all the content besides doing mm-hmm. all the content? Whoa, yep. girl. Until until about my last like six months there, I, I, I was able to hire a production assistant, Felicia, shout out. Um, she's fucking awesome and mm-hmm. was a lifesaver. But yeah, I was editing everything. Um, basically, from start to finish, like I would come up with an idea. I would make, I would film it or I would like write whatever script I needed for myself, then film it, then edit it, then put it out and it was full like I was a one-man band and that was something that the job description said I would be and I was excited about that because I was like great I can just like do it the creative freedom it's insane (laughs) for like the biggest social app ever I mean I feel like the three biggest social apps are Hinge, Bumble and Tinder that's it yeah Yeah. and I was I was 23 at the time and oh and and for the record my salary went from 35,000 over the course of two years and I have no problem talking about this publicly I know some people are like that's super weird to do but my salary went from $35,000 or maybe it might have been 34 I think I negotiated up to 35 um to 39 or I think it was 33 then I negotiated 34 started at 34 35 after a year 39 by the time I left my starting salary at hinge was $70,000 whoa so when I gave my two weeks notice to my boss at Tony she goes, I'm actually kind of jealous. I wish I did this when I was your age. You're probably going to end up making more money than me. Oh. And I and I knew I had already had my offer. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, she literally said, your salary's probably going to double. And I go, yep, it did. No. Um, That's and then, crazy. People, and you then need after- to work on the dating industry. <laughs> yeah. Or even just, I mean, it was like it, like startup tech, like apps, like there's so much opportunity there for regardless of like what you do, obviously, if like if you are a teacher that right. might not translate, but any, anything like mem- member support, um, publicity, mm. creative, any like tech, anything. Um, there's a lot of opportunity at startups right now, but. And the fact that your boss on Sony said that you see how fucked up yep. the music industry is in that part, because musicians make a lot of money, like yep. a lot of money. They're like the richest people in the world. So the whole music industry is fucked. Sorry. And I need to say that. <laughs> you know, it truly it. is. And and so here's, here's the craziest thing about it is, I mean, I, I was 23. I, I turned 23 when I left Sony, when I started at Hinge. And by the time I, I, I went from the 30,000s to 70s. And by the time I was 25, I was making six figures. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And whoa. as a 25-year-old. The dream. And that was, yes. I didn't know, I didn't think that was possible, especially in the the digital, like, creative 
social media world. I did not think that was possible at all. I didn't think I, I was hoping to make it by the time I was 30. And mm-hmm. my salary was $100,000 when I was 25. And that was just like crazy to me. But the thing I'll say is I got to a point where I wasn't happy. Mm. And I like my last six months at Hinge, I really wasn't happy. Um, I love what happened. We want to know. We want to know I if love you can talk about it. I don't know how long, how I, much I, you can talk about that. I'll, I'll say what I can say, but I love the company. I love most of the people there, but I, you still, I, started, I mean, you met your boyfriend on Hinge. So no, yeah, <laughs> I did meet my boyfriend on Hinge after I was no longer working there. I, I kept using the app because it's a product I fully believe in. And, and I, have so much love for it and, and for so many people that work there but like I feel as, like it was different from the music industry because you stopped listening to music but here yeah. you didn't hate the product you know yes does exactly. that make any sense 100% <laughs> um I still believed in it for sure but I as when I started it was a startup and like I said like they gave me full creative freedom they let me do whatever I wanted I was able to to take an idea and run with it and and by the time I left I mean it was it, it's a really big company and I basically felt like I was going to work every day and like fighting for my job mm-hmm. and fighting for my ideas and fighting Wait, to do and what I knew people was, right. was before when was the, like Cena well dating sucks dating sucks. Born. dating sucks was born the idea came in like October 2019 it was born first episode came out in April or March or April 2021 yeah right before sorry 2020 2020 yeah, right yeah, yeah at, right at the beginning of the pandemic um but like did you have freedom like creative freedom for dating socks was like the kind of like the last project that you could do without asking too many people it was if it you was can talk tough. about that cool. <laughs> I, I I knew I wanted to do a podcast they were like great you can do a dating podcast and then it got complicated after that point yeah. um and with I the know episode with the interview with your brother your brother was gonna be part of the season two <laughs> <laughs> he he was like oh I'd be a good host um and all that but um oh. no it, it it was tough and and it was something where I I just knew I could be doing so much more and I felt really mm-hmm. held back and and I think in the role I was doing there was a ceiling for me there and that's something mm-hmm. that even like met the head of the team said to me at the time and I ultimately ended up getting let go, but I, because they decided to no longer do social at all. So, um, it wasn't like I did a bad job. It wasn't like they were replacing me or anything, which was like, was that like out of the blue? Like they decided to do no content or did you hear like rumors before? Like, Hey, I may be getting let go soon. (laughs) I had no idea. It was the most out of left field thing that has ever happened to me in my life. I figured it out about 20 minutes before it happened. And I shut up. I was like, I, I texted my friends. I was like, I think my coworkers, I was like, I think I'm getting fired at nine o'clock, but I have no idea why. And they were like, no, there's no way. I'm like, no, you guys like, I'm like almost positive. They're like, Alana, no. Like they're like, your Instagram username is Alana from Hinge. You're not getting fired. (laughs) And I thought I had the most job security on the planet. Mm -hmm. And I get on the call with um, the head of the marketing team at the time, who's like truly one of the most amazing, brilliant people. And I'm so lucky to have worked for him. And, but I, I get on the call and before he can even say hello, I go, am I getting fired right now? I just needed to know. Like I yeah. needed to know. Just to- and he was, and he goes, not fired, but we are letting you go. And I was like, <laughs> holy thing. shit. Um, but I was basically the, I'm, I'm getting at all this because like I, yes, I had a great job. My, my title was lead content creator. I was making six figures as a 25 year old, but 
again, like I felt in the music industry, I felt like I was held back. I felt like I was creatively stunted. And yes, it wasn't my decision to leave, but I was so relieved because I wanted to leave. But I, again, didn't know like, where would I go from here? How would I do this? How am I going to start over? How can I go to another company after having this experience again, where I feel held back and where I feel like my ideas don't matter and I have to fight to do what I know is right. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I, I was no longer at Hinge, I was like, I'm going to put my faith in myself and I'm going to believe in myself and see what I can do on my own now, because I feel Mm -hmm. like I, I'm there. I have the tools. I know what I'm doing. I know how to get from A to Z in the things I want to do. And I have all of these things that I've been like dying to put out there that I haven't been able to. So let me just give myself a chance. Like, let me give myself like six months to try and make this happen. Yes. I'm not going to make the same amount of money I was before but let's see what happens. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not making six figures right now, but I am so much happier. It's crazy. But I feel like at the end of the day, what you learn from both jobs, if you let me tell you, is that you want that creative freedom all the time. You don't like having a ceiling over you when it comes to creativeness. Is that a word? I don't know. I hope. Creativity, I think. (laughs) Creativity. (laughs) I think the word is creativity, but yeah. Almost. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, it sucks to have someone tell you like, nope. I don't want you to and, do that. And it's it's tough. And and I obviously like took a lot of ups and downs to get to where I am now. And yeah, like there are still some days where I'm so stressed. Like you see my calendar, like it's crazy. Yeah. And I'm not just doing seeing other people. I also freelance for different people. I've probably had like five different clients throughout the year beyond just doing the podcast. Um, and it's 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 a lot. It's really stressful. It's not easy. It's a constant hustle. I I always have to be making sure that I'm I'm doing work that is going to make me money, that is going to allow me to pay the bills and eat food. And I don't want to go back to eating canned tuna and canned tomato soup. Um, and so it's it's tough because it's really like you have to love what you're doing mm-hmm, yeah. because otherwise, if you don't get out of bed and say like, I'm ready to work, like there's no one who's going to be like, you have a meeting now. Like it, it's on you, you know, it's on you to do work. It's on you to create a to-do list and it's all on you, which is the good part and the bad part. You know, it's it's, it's all on you. So you really have to love what you do. You really have to believe that you can do it. You really have to be like 110% in, especially your worth because people can really treat you badly as a freelancer. It's like, fuck this. As we know, know, as you and I both know, um, people are mean sometimes, but I wanted to ask you, um, of course, don't talk about which clients you have now, but how did you go about like, okay, I was let go from Hinge. What, what was like your next step after that? How did you continue? Well, how was seeing other people born after that? Like how long? And how did you like st- start looking for clients? Like where do you start with like contacts, people from people that you know? Like how how did you approach them? Yeah, so I, I was like on the edge of my seat, ready to like get back into dating socks, ready to like podcast again because I I felt for the first time that everything that I was trying to do at at Sony with music at at Hinge was to help people and for the first time ever I felt like I was really making a difference I was really helping people get through what they were going through and and it wasn't like just like a feeling it was like people were sending me emails and messages every day saying that something I opened up about or said or talked about helped them get through what they were going through or feel less alone or feel less crazy and and more normal and better. And so I was so like, I wanted to get back out there and, and do more episodes and, and keep podcasting so badly and keep talking about the things I was talking about. 
And so the second I, they, I was still mm-hmm. getting let go. I was still letting, getting let go. And I texted Jonah saying, I no longer work at Hinge. Do you want to start a podcast together? Jeez. <laughs> wow. I was wow. literally still on the Zoom call <laughs> with no. the chief marketing officer and the head of HR at Hinge. And I was already planning my podcast. I was planning seeing other people. I just didn't know it would be called seeing other people yet. Um, But that shows you how much you wanted that creative freedom again, you know? And that was on November 11th. And on January 2nd or 3rd, seeing other people was born. Did Jonah say yes? Of course, right? At at the moment. He was was like, what the fuck? But yes, obviously. (laughs) But what? Um, Are you okay? It it was wild. And then, so I started Mm -hmm. with that. And then I was just. I mean, the good thing was like, I've always put myself out there in terms of like what I do for my work. So when people knew I was no longer at Hinge, everyone I knew was like sending me job opportunities or saying like, I know someone who was looking for a freelancer or something like this Mm -hmm. or that. So I have been again, very, very fortunate to have had opportunities kind of like fall into my lap, but they didn't just fall into my lap. They fell into my lap because I set myself up for that success. And I set myself up by putting myself out there. And, and you worked real hard. Like, I feel like you've been saying that you got so lucky, lucky during your career. But girl, you worked so hard. Like, you deserve Thanks. it also. You know? Thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm bad at, like, saying, like, I worked <laughs> for things. But I, I did. Because, I, oh, I really... of course, there are things that, like, for example, the unpaid internships and stuff that are, like, from privilege that I also experienced, for example. Like... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't live off of my salary now, of course, but I live at my house with my parents, whatever. Um, And acknowledging that is always good. But again, I feel like you worked real hard. Like people who have done nothing probably wouldn't have had all the opportunities that you did. No one was interviewed at Hinge, just you. Like, that's crazy. And and again, like I went through, like I couldn't get a job out of college. Like Mm -hmm. even though I had the best resume, like it's, it sucks. And I spent six months applying to a job when I was trying to leave music, but, and I couldn't get a job and it's, it's so hard. But like, if you know, you want to do something or even if, even if you don't know what you want to do, but you know that you could be happier doing things like with the skills that you have, like you just have to keep going and, and it will happen. And same thing with, even if you don't know what you want to do, then you have to invest time in yourself in trying ABC things and realizing you don't like XYZ things, but that you do like this thing over here. And it's a lot yeah. of trial and error, but, and it takes a lot of time, but that's how you end up finding something that you do like. Yeah. And that's what I kind of did with my students union when I, back in 2019, which feels like another lifetime. I was like, I don't like organizing like meetings with high people in like politics i want to do the content for these people and here i am (laughs) doing content for something completely different but that's when i realized that i'm i always thought that like creativity is just like drawing and being good at drawing or graphic design and it's not kind of it is but it's also not that um so yeah i feel like sometimes you don't know what you like but knowing what you don't like it's enough you know yeah 1000% 1000% exactly and honestly knowing what you don't like is is just as important if not more as knowing what you don't like and that's that's something I learned when I was interning like my capital records and in, internship um I did not like what I was doing there and I envied the people who were doing the digital stuff I was doing like programming I was um not programming but I was doing like behind the scenes stuff of 
like planning out like release schedules and when XYZ song needs to be delivered and come out. And the one time I enjoyed what I was doing was when they were in a pinch and needed somebody to edit a video for an iHeartRadio music summit. And I ended up making a whole pitch video about Glass Animals band. And oh my I, God, that, that was the one time I, the entire summer I enjoyed what I was doing was yeah. when I got to edit. And that wasn't even like, they didn't even know that I was an editor. I just heard I them saying them. like that they yeah. needed someone. And I literally knocked on this person's office door. I had no idea who this guy was like a 60 year old guy. And I was just like, I heard you like were like in a pinch and needed a video editor. Like I can help you. And he was like, holy shit, that's incredible. So I learned that I didn't like what I was doing behind the scenes. I didn't like sitting in meetings all day, listening to what was coming out and not being able to like actively work on something. I didn't like the planning aspect. I wanted to be doing something creative. Yeah. I feel that so much. Again, my life is way on like a smaller scale, but I remember I, Learned Premiere Pro on high school on a like radio thing, extracurricular was like a radio and a cinema thing. And a really like wow producer came and he taught us like the basics of Premiere Pro. And from that day on, then time passed. I started into international relations, whatever. And they were like looking for someone to do a video for like the, like, the beginning of the year. Like, this is what we did. And I was like, I can do it. And from mm-hmm. that day on, I did videos of every single yeah. meeting thing whatever and I realized there that I, I love editing videos editing. so much I used to do videos from like the fake photo shoots of my friends yep. I had a friend <laughs> yeah it's I so funny friend, she, that. she she bought like this huge big enormous beautiful camera she still has it and I was like I'll make a video and my resume I have videos from my New York trip my LA trip um my Lollapalooza's days oh my god I have videos I have yep. I have them there because like that's my resume you know I love that you brought that up because my mom's favorite story to tell when it comes to talking about my career is that I think when I started when I was in like seventh grade there was this band that I loved called Push Play and I heard about them because I think they opened up for the Jonas Brothers like they were like their other opener even before the Jonas Brothers were big and mm. um it's like the Jonas Brothers were opening for someone and Push Play was the band that came on before them. <laughs> and they had a contest. It was like make a music video for us contest. And mm-hmm. the winner would win like a signed guitar, the second place won an iPod Nano, whatever. So I really wanted to win this contest. And um, I was away in Utah. I think my, my family I and I- I hear mine. Oh my God, that's amazing. I love Go that. On. That's so funny. But I got like flashbacks of me dancing in my living room with my iPod Nano. <laughs> yep. So I was on family vacation in like Park City, Utah. We were like skiing and snowboarding and I I faked like an injury. I said my ankle hurt and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning because all I wanted to do was go back to the hotel room and work on this music video. Mm. And I did and I I edited it and I came in second place actually and I won the iPod Nano and I gave it to my mom. And so then I was entering like every music video contest I could. I was like doing the editing on iMovie or before like I learned Final Cut Pro in, in high school. Um, but yeah, it was, all, I was always doing shit like that. And yeah. it's so funny to see how like that translated to now. I used to do the movie makers. I don't know if iMovie for you because yeah. you use iPhone for my friend's birthday, like a video of, of like photos. Yep. And I was yep. like, oh, of course I was going to end up editing videos and doing audio stuff. Like, and that's obvious. I, um, I do feel like yeah. in, in the future, like when I, I no longer want 
if there's a point where I want to have like a kind of a more low key job and like, or like if I'm like a mom and working part time and stuff, like I have a feeling I'll end up doing like bar mitzvah videos, wedding videos, like, like family photography, stuff like that. And, and just again, like using my skills in a different way because it's something that like I've, I've always enjoyed doing. Yeah. Same. I love that. But now to like, I want to talk about like seeing other people now um, because I mean, on the last episode you were on, we kind of talked about it like the beginning, but we didn't talk about everything that happened after. So I wanted to ask you, what are some, what, what were some of the challenges of going from like dating socks from Hinge to seeing other people independent? Like, what were some of the things that we were like, whoa, we are alone on this? And what were some of the, like the perks of it? You know, I could definitely start with the perks. I think the perks will help me think of some of the the challenges that I faced. But in the beginning, the the perks it was amazing to just like Jonah and I were able to have ideas and just run with them. Like we didn't have to get things approved by a team. We didn't have to go through rounds of editing with the episodes with a whole team. We didn't have to make sure that the guest was somebody that like the whole company wanted representing us. And so that was really cool where it was like the first time where I truly had like total control, Um, which obviously once seeing other people became just mine, that sense of like freedom escalated to like the moon mm-hmm. um but it was really cool to just be able to like do that and to do things and just like make it happen that was really cool um same thing with like like we, we if we wanted to do an instagram live jonah and i like we could just pop on and do it whenever we wanted it didn't have to be like this thing that we like brought up to the team and got like a thumbs up on it and and all that mm-hmm. um same thing with any piece of content that we posted it was just like great you can post it like you have an mm-hmm. idea do it Um, so that was really cool and, and really exciting. It was, it was definitely like difficult to kind of like pivot from dating sucks to seeing other people because people were like confused and I, um, we had to like explain it without explaining it. And people, people still to this day are like, I want these dating sucks episodes. Like, where can I listen to them? Like, they're not there anymore. Like, Hinge doesn't have, have social 60 anymore. 60 Cena people episodes. Please listen to the 60 episodes we have on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I mean, there was a lot of power that came with being a Hinge branded podcast. Like, it without the hinge name, it was definitely harder to book guests, especially like high caliber guests and, and people with like those huge audiences that of course you want to bring in. Like it was, it was so seamless to be able to DM anyone from the hinge account and invite them on to the podcast. You know, that was huge. It, It was, it was a huge opportunity to get people on, um, like for them. So it definitely, it, it was a lot harder to like reach people. But again, like I was, lucky that like we did have this this kind of safety not safety net but foundation of dating sucks where there were people who are already bought into us and to what we were talking about and to the podcast the show that we created so that was really great where they kind of stuck with us you know for the most part Mm. um but it's it's been a journey I I can't believe that like this time last year seeing other people wasn't around that's crazy that's just yeah and no no insane uh but i wanted to ask you now about seeing other people like going solo because of course i know the story and i know everything that happened um and how kind of like you felt after it but like what happened and how did you feel after that and and what was like your first i know like you were getting let go from hinge and you had the idea for the podcast when jonah left the podcast it was like your first thought on your mind yeah. you know i was like so what <laughs> So when um, Jonah and I talked, basically what happened was 
his whole like career is about is, is about film like his film is his number one thing his passion his baby what he's always wanted to succeed in and things started to really take off with his new film dating in new york which is out now definitely check it out mm-hmm. um and so it was this like happy sad thing where like as things started to take off with that he was definitely busier it was harder to like book recordings and and meetings and get like the creative extra things that we could do like it was harder to make those happen but it was also like really exciting because his dreams were coming true and everything he's worked for for so long was happening but um it just got to a point where like he needed to give 110 percent to the movie and to his film career and dating sucks i mean seeing other people was basically like <laughs> holding him back from that so i and totally props to him for making that decision i don't think it's an without a doubt it's definitely not, but me it was working a, on like, seeing other people for like a couple of months now, it's a baby that is really hard yeah. to like. <laughs> it yeah. becomes your baby. It becomes your baby very fast. Absolutely. So it it was tough and it was sad, and um, but I totally understood why he was doing it. Like there was no bad blood or anything between us at all. But um, what what was going through my mind was like, oh my god, like I'm doing this on my own. Like, did you ever I've never thought done- about not doing it? Like leaving no, it there? No, that was the nonsense. Not doing it was not an option. That was you were not gonna leave me jobless. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna hire you and then be like, never mind. Um, it's if, done. if anything, it was like I think for like a split second, I was like, do I find another co-host? And then I was like, no. Like I want to do this and I can do this and I'm going to do this. But I was really scared. Like I remember, I, I was like, I need like pointers from you about doing like a, a solo coasted. A co- coasted a solo hosted podcast and and I know like there are people who do like solo episodes like I haven't done any of that besides bonus episodes but I I don't think I don't know like that's not something I really want to do because I'm more excited about like helping other people tell their stories mm-hmm. so yeah I mean it's I I am truly so happy with with where seeing other people is with the the episodes we've put out with the topics we've covered I feel so proud of everything and and I'm just excited to see what comes next. Yeah. And again, one of the things that I feel like I admire the most about seeing other people is the community behind it. It's insane. Like, it's it's insane. I never, I've, I've never seen something like that. And I am on many, many Facebook groups of other podcasts. And it's just, it's not the same. So um, how how did you cultivate that community on the seeing other people world? And tied to that... How did the unfiltered series came about? Yeah, both which are really I know, good but I'm gonna let you tell the story. <laughs> Those are both really good questions. I'm I'm glad you asked them. So one thing I realized when I was at Hinge was like the more that I would publicly open up about what I was struggling with in my dating life, the more a people would reach out saying that me opening up helped them, but also the more people would open up back to me, and mm-hmm. then we'd get into a conversation and and really be able to like help each other. And so I realized that like being vulnerable was kind of the root of creating a sense of community and allowing people to share their stories and to feel like they have a voice is what led to success and what actually made an impact both from a business standpoint and in the sense of helping people get through what Mm -hmm. they're going through and and feel better and succeed in their dating lives, which is what it's all about. So, um, uh, there's always a lot of, I mean, transparency, like I'm so open about, my dating life and the things that I 
have not done well are the things I have done well. We all know the boy in the band now. (laughs) Yeah. And bad experiences that I've been through. And and there are a lot of them. And it's, there's no second of the show or or any content I put out where I've pretended for a second that dating is easy because it's not. And everyone struggles with things. And, and so I, it's all about like posting question boxes and allowing people to answer it from their own voice, from their own experiences, what they've been through, and then sharing those so that other people can see that and say like, Hey, wow, this other person's going through what I'm going through. Like I'm actually not alone. There are other people out there like me. And that's kind of how, like, that's kind of the concept behind unfiltered too, where, um, I was talking to this girl who is, uh, she signed up for the Patreon for a dating profile revamp. And I was talking to her and I'm like, your profile is not that bad, but like, like what, what's really like holding you back right now? Like what, what are you really struggling with? And, um, she ended up opening up to me about the breakup that she was going through or that she had been through and that she was having a really hard time moving on. And she's one of my like true friends to this day. Like we still talk all the time and she's made so much progress, but we basically like I helped her get through her breakup and, and I, I saw a lot of her in myself from a few years ago after that boy had like broken me. And Mm -hmm. so I, I had this crazy idea where I was like, would you ever be willing to like come on an app, like an episode and talk about this? It could be completely anonymous. Like we can not cover anything you don't feel comfortable talking about, but I think a lot of people would relate to your experience. And I think them hearing it from you would be really, really helpful. And I also think like you talking about it in this way would be like cathartic for you. And she did. And I'm so grateful because not only was it an incredible episode and an incredible experience, but it sparked the whole idea for the unfiltered series, which is truly the heart of seeing other people. And so every week I bring on an anonymous listener, a normal person, not an influencer, not a comedian, not a dating expert, a normal person who has gone through something and whether they've been through having an abortion, finding out they have an STD, their parents not supporting their relationship or finding out they were getting cheated on or anything in between. Those are the stories that matter because those are the things that people actually go through and normal people and real people and like real heartbreak and and real trauma and experiences. And so it's just been the most incredible time ever doing these episodes and and really letting people have the microphone to share their stories yeah I love that I remember we were worried about the first unfiltered episode because it was really long and we were like I don't know if people are gonna listen to the whole thing and then I remember seeing so many dms about people loving the part where she reads the letter and I was like Mm -hmm. wow people like of course I knew it was gonna work because it was a great idea and again it came back to like the community part of seeing other people which I think it's the most important part but seeing people like actually loving it was like insane I was like wow this is very very cool to experience I don't know I it's so it it, it gives me the chills to think about it like it's just the impact is is amazing and when you think people are like oh my god I never talked about this I don't know how to talk about it and then so many people like and, and they do like takeovers and all of that and also I wanted to to say like just think about the community you cultivated where people feel like seeing other people is a safe space where they can share their story and where can they even like comment yeah. on a question box what their insecurities are like it's yeah. just it's insane you know it's crazy and I applaud you for that because not many people can do that, you know? 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so proud of everyone that's in the community. I guess I'm a proud, I'm proud of the fact that I've like created this community where people feel safe and, and comfortable opening up like that, but I'm proud of every single person that does it and that feels like they can answer what they're insecure about or answer what they're struggling with right now. And that they know that in doing that, they are actually helping somebody, you know, by exactly. letting them know like, Hey, I'm also struggling with this. I also feel insecure about this or ashamed about this or have gone through this, or I'm currently dealing with this. And it's, it just, it's like life is really hard and yeah. it's all about like bringing that to light. Yeah. And also I feel like the dating space sometimes is not the safe space you want it to be. It's a very uncomfortable space where you need to be vulnerable, but also you're like yeah. very scared. And I don't know, I, to this day, I remember the responses from your episode with the 27 year old single, was it like 27? what was it mm-hmm. called yeah the helena episode yeah, she was yeah, yeah. like non-anonymous so i can say it yeah um the the responses to that and it made me feel better and i had to like edit it and be <laughs> reading the dms and i was like wow this is just insane um so yeah so thank you for creating that and i don't know i feel like it's just amazing and i'm so i'm so honored to be a part of it and to be behind the scenes of it and my family can tell you every day that I get to work on seeing other people, even though sometimes I get a bit overwhelmed with school <laughs> stuff. Uh, it's just, for me, it's amazing. I, I Sometimes it's Saturday and I start doing the reels that I need to send you on Monday, but I don't care, you know, because I feel like yeah. not only I love what I do and I love the podcast and all that, I feel like we're doing something greater and better and good for like the world. I know it sounds a bit too much, but I don't They're know. Like, when I see the... <laughs> I don't know but when I see the messages I'm like just this is insane like the power that seeing other people has and I'm so honored to be a part of it and at the end of the day you created like you had the idea for dating socks and you created all this around you and it's just I don't know amazing and I wanted to thank you for hiring me (laughs) again thank you I I mean like I said before like I really couldn't do this without you and I'm I'm so grateful for you and for us and and everything we're doing it's like it's so funny because sometimes like I mean you've seen the emails like we'll get emails of people like wanting to like be a part of it and like help out and and join the team and I'm like "Uh -uh, no (laughs) the team's perfect (laughs) oh my god um but I have one last question to ask you and we end the episode because we've been here for a while but I I I know I can talk to you for like hours and hours on but what's something that excites you about your career today I think I'm really excited about the fact that the digital space is constantly changing and Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm able to keep up with it and, and that there's always going to be something exciting happening. And, and who knows, it's like unfiltered could turn into like, like when clubhouse was big, let's say clubhouse became big in a few months again, like I could turn unfiltered (laughs) into like a weekly clubhouse show, or it could be on any type of platform. Like I think because of how much everything is evolving all the time and constantly changing, I think, there's just so many ways to get this content to other people. And so I'm excited to like have seeing other people and unfiltered and, and everything I do evolve with that. And so I, I think there really is like, we, we talked about the concept of the ceiling before, like there is no ceiling for this. I think that we live in a world where everybody struggles with things and goes through things and, and love is one of the biggest things that we want and, and have so many challenges getting And so I think this is really just the beginning of helping people find love and and get through 
what they're going through to get there. And um, I'm just so excited to see what happens. Oh my God, I love that. So now ending the episode, do you want to shout yourself one last time on your socials and where people can find you? I am so sad that we finished recording. I'm just like, can we go back like an hour and a half? <laughs> I know. Um, you know what? I'm so glad we did this because like I've been, I've been feeling like kind of, I don't know, like just stressed and overwhelmed, but like not in like a good way where it's like I, I needed this conversation to like same, remind same. myself why I'm doing this, you know, because we were we were exactly the exact the exact same. And now we're just like, yeah. oh, my God, I'm so excited to get back to work. <laughs> Tough times. But but now we have like we have like literally like seven different pre-production um, outlines to do tomorrow during insane. our meeting. And I'm pumped. It's, um, it's, yes. Everywhere, seeing other people, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts or whatever, it's also on YouTube. So seeing other people and you can follow that, seeing other people on um, Instagram, on TikTok. And then I'm at Alana Dunn on everywhere. And that's where you can find me. But please listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> um, if Even if you have a friend who's single or struggling or just got dumped or ghosted, send it to your friend. Yeah, um, yeah. It means the world. Yeah. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so, so much for coming on and talking with me today. This was a therapy session and I'm so happy. Yep. Um, and to everyone listening, I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.